0: The so Dodgers were down 5-0 after a couple innings, after a few innings. And then they were up eight to five and they never relinquished that lead. It was a big win on the wraparound game in San Diego series win over the Padres. Tony Gonsolin got lucky that the offense helped him out. But uh, does he have a spot left in this Dodger rotation? And why is that? Because Clayton Kershaw is coming back. There's a lot to get into, so let's get locked on Dodgers. <laughs> This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube, simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And remember to become an everydayer and listen every single day. And if you can't do that, or if you want help doing that, I should say, you should subscribe in each of those places, wherever you have podcasts and on YouTube. If this is your first time listening, watching, I'm Vince Samperio, joined by my co-host Jeff Snyder, and we're both lifelong Dodger fans. That have spent time covering the team in the past. We've both been a clubhouse, been in the locker room, been in the spring training as media, but uh, we're not quite inside. We're just here to bring you what we think is a smart fan's perspective on our boys in blue and keeping that perspective, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more positive than some of you might keep it. Uh, but that's what we're here for. We're here to balance you out. So remember, you can uh, subscribe for have podcast on YouTube. I'm rambling, but the Dodgers won, Jeff. The Dodgers won. They were down. 5-0, and it looked like a game that one of those where you were already saying in your head, maybe I'm glad they at least won two already. So they're at the very worst. They're going to split the series. But then the Dodgers offense exploded for eight runs in one inning, ended up tacking on five runs a couple innings later and ended up putting up 13 to the Padres. Seven ended up getting a win. Tony Gonsolin ended up going six innings, even though after three innings, he had given up five runs already. We'll talk about him in the next segment. But, yeah, Jeff, this was one where the Dodger offense went to work and helped them out, and this is, you know, kind of what we've seen from them uh, at times over the last couple months and some that the offense can do, which is bail out the pitching when it's not that great.
1: Yeah, and honestly, the fact that the Dodgers are in first place, second-best record in the National League, despite having, I mean, pretty terrible starting pitching most of the season and – a terrible bullpen for half of the season, uh, is pretty remarkable. Shows you how good this offense is. This offense is better than last year's on the team that won 111 games. And so it was really impressive in that fourth inning. Will Smith made the first and third outs for the Dodgers, uh, which is, like I said, on Twitter, that's a bad thing for Will Smith, but a good thing for the team. Anytime the same game, same guy makes two outs in one inning. It was probably a pretty good inning. And, uh, you know, not quite as good as hitting two grand slams in one inning, I guess. But uh we'll take it. The Dodgers put up an eight spot, it was their highest scoring inning of the season. And the big blow was the the grand slam by Mookie Betts, where uh Mookie Betts doesn't swing on three O counts very often. I saw Eric Stevens said it's only the twelfth time in Mookie's career that he's swung on three and oh, uh maybe in his Dodgers time, anyway. Whether it's, I mean, even if it was only the 12th time this year, that would be not very many. Um, Mookie doesn't swing at 3 0 pitches, uh, and it's the first time he's gotten a hit on a 3 0 pitch. And this was a big hit, he uh, he got a pitch right down the middle. Um, we'll probably talk in a second about uh, Seth Lugo's comments after the game about the Dodgers knowing what was coming. Well, uh, you didn't need to know what was coming when you get a fastball right down the middle on a 3 0 count, you know, that is the definition of. You you teach kids in Little League, dead red. What does that mean? It means you pick a little tiny spot that if the pitch is right there, I'm going to swing as hard as I can at it. And if it's anywhere else, I'm not going to swing. And Mookie Betts picked one spot and it was right there and he hit it over the wall for a Grand Slam, uh, Dodgers' 11th Grand Slam of the season. It, it was a huge hit for Mookie uh, there was only one out and bases loaded, and so the Dodgers already scored four runs, pulled within five to four. They had already totally snatched back momentum in the game, but that that grand slam just, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. Even though the Padres had been up five to nothing, uh, when the Dodgers ended up up by three runs at that inning, you could tell that the game was over as far as the Padres are concerned. Like, they kept trying, but uh, that was the death blow uh, especially when Gonsolin came out and, and got a 1 2 3 inning next, or I, I think it was 1 2 3 it was a quick inning anyway, which is exactly what you want after scoring eight runs. It was a huge, huge inning by the offense.
0: And you look at how that, I mean, it was capped off by the Grand Slam, but obviously they got the runs before that. And it's, you know, it was one of those where they just kept hitting the ball. Freddie Freeman singled, Muncie walked, Peralta doubled, Hayward doubled. Kike walked, outman singled, Rojas, a little flare bloop single that fell in out there in the Bermuda Triangle. And then Mookie hits a slam. And then a couple innings later, they add on to it, you know, Kike homered, first homer back with the Dodgers, outman walked, Rojas doubled, Uh, Freddie Freeman was intentionally walked, Will Smith added an RBI single, Max Muncy added uh, a run scoring double, Peralta hit a sack fly. So, you know, all of that with just two home runs. Obviously, the one home run was a grand slam, so that was beneficial, but. They did it by stringing hits together, which is how you win against good teams, especially you know when we talk about October. That's that's you know home runs are are the best way to score, uh, but if you can string some hits together, you're more than like you're more likely to score and be successful in October. So that was good to see. But yeah, after the game, Seth Lugo had some comment. They asked him, you know, one reporter just straight up asked him, like, "Do you feel like the Dodgers knew what was coming?" He said, "Yeah." They kind of asked him to elaborate, and he said that. You know, when he came back in after he was pulled out that he was looking at the I don't know if someone showed him or he was looking at his own video, whatever the case was. And I don't know the exact I don't remember the exact wording, but basically alluded to him seeing something that he was giving away what he was throwing. I don't know if it was with runners on base and signs, which are a tail from behind, you know, at second base. I don't know if it was a tail from wherever you were standing. But either way, that's apparently the Dodgers picked it up if that was the case. And, uh, I mean, it did look like they knew what he was throwing for for a while there in that inning, so.
1: Yeah, and and maybe they did. Uh, although, I mean, they scored five runs uh, a couple innings later uh, with, with Lugo not in the game. So maybe the, that guy was tipping pitches too. James Outman was four for four. Maybe everybody who threw a ball to James Outman was tipping pitches today. Uh, yeah, it is important to note. And I assume that most of our listeners understand baseball. We'll to know this, but uh, I, I know we do have some beginners here. So just to – To clarify, stealing signs is not against... First of all, Lugo's not saying they were stealing signs. He said, you know, he's implying that he was tipping pitches. And sometimes tipping pitches is something that a hitter can see. You know, if you flare your glove when you're, you know, you're pushing in hard to get your split finger. That's why most guys who throw a split finger uh, pitch will start when they're taking the sign. They'll start already with the split finger grip so that then it's easier to take this to undo the split grip than to put it in, in the glove. so that the batter can't see the glove moving or see the arm muscles tensing or whatever. And so there's things a hitter can pick up on. Sometimes it's just as simple as leaving your glove open when you're holding the ball in. And so a guy on second base can see right into your glove and see how you're holding the ball and uh, send it that way. Am I getting choppy again? my dad gum internet. Sorry, sorry listeners, I'm doing my best. Um, you know, so there's a lot of ways a pitcher can tip pitches and uh if a runner is on second base and he sees a a, a sign uh, or like a, a pitcher tipping and he motions to, you know, sometimes it's as simple as they'll say if uh, if I put my hand on my knee in my lead off second base, then I know it's a curveball and if I don't then I know it's a, you know, there there's little things, all that's totally legal and it's totally different than what the Astros were doing in 2017 which was actually using technology to send in signs from people who weren't part of the game. Uh, it's one thing if the players on the field pick things up. Yeah, what the Astros did was people not on the field picking things up. And uh, that's what teams don't know to guard against because it's against the rules to cheat like that. So anyway, uh, if that was the case, good on the Dodgers. But like I said, Mookie Betts didn't need to, any pitch tipping. He's uh, It probably helped that he doesn't swing at many 3-0 pitches because Lugo probably felt safe. I'm down 3-0. I'm just going to I'm get, get one over, get back in the count. And uh, instead, he got one over. And as Dontrell would say, Mookie sent it to the people.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it would make sense if he was tipping that they caught it second time through the lineup. And that's when they got to him because, you know, it might take a little while for him to show it. Uh, Lugo kind of added that. They asked him, like, how does that happen or how do you not notice it? And he says, when you're focusing too much on executing pitches, sometimes you forget about the other stuff. So, you know, with a lineup like the Dodgers lineup, he does have to, you know, kind of set that focus in. And apparently, you know, that might have taken away from some other stuff. But either way, Dodgers, like I said, their, their offense is good, even if the other pitcher is not tipping pitches. And they were still good on this day because they still put up a lot more runs before now, or after that. And like you said, 3-0 pitch, you know what's coming. So, yep. Tony Gonson was a starter, I don't, well, we're not sure if he's going to be the starter the next time through the rotation, we'll talk about that, that's what's coming up, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Better Help, this episode is brought to you and sponsored by Better Help. If you've ever had a time in life that's tough, and you know, life is tough, and it's not always clear, you know, how you're going to be able to move forward, whether it's you know, a big change in your life, a loss in your life, uh, you know, just lack of motivation, whatever it is, you know, a lot of people are still reeling from pandemic, you know, there's a lot going on in your life. And if you need some help, uh, you can check out some therapy, because if you've benefited from therapy, or if you think you could benefit from therapy, BetterHelp is here for you. Because whether or not you've been in therapy before, BetterHelp can help you out, because they are, Convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's flexible, suited to your schedule. Like I mentioned, convenient. All you gotta do is fill out a questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional no charge. You can make it suited to your schedule whenever you want to get it in, and uh, you know, talk through what you need to talk through. So, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom MLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot slash locked on MLB. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to become an everyday or by listening every day. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Remember, if you are not able to watch the Dodger game on TV or your phone or iPad or whatever. But you still want to listen, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. You can get the home broadcast for any game. Dodgers are in Arizona the next two nights. So if you're not able to watch, SiriusXM, SXM app, search Dodgers, and you can listen. All right, Jeff, let's talk about Tony Gonsolin, who, as we mentioned, gave gave up those five runs in the third inning and looked like he might have been tipping pitches because uh, there was a string of like 10, 15 pitches where everything was getting crushed by the Padres. It seemed like it was going to be one of those games where Gonsolin was going to give the Dodgers not a lot of innings and they were going to have to burn into the bullpen. Uh, but uh, thankfully, the Dodgers offense did score those eight runs and then ended up picking up five more runs before Gonson's day ended. He ended up giving the Dodgers six innings, which was beneficial. But again, he did give up six runs in those six innings and has now continued this string of tough starts for a while now. Zero rays in the sevens over the last, I believe, 10-plus starts. Not good. Uh, The Dodgers are getting Clayton Kershaw back. So, you know, that's kind of – we're going to talk about him specifically in the next segment, but, you know, kind of what the idea is that they're going to need a spot in the rotation and Tony Gonsolin's spot might be it. And then after the game, Dave Roberts and Tony Gonsolin, both again with the cryptic words and sayings and phrases about what's – that Gonsolin's not all right physically. They won't say what it is. Gonsolin wouldn't say what it is. And, you know, maybe he's going to find himself on the injured list. Although I don't think they do that right now with Grove already on there. But Pepio's do back. You know, there's a lot to talk about with, with starting pitching. But I guess we'll focus on Gonsolin for right now.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's kind of interesting. We we were talking with uh, our buddy Gavin DeLujos, who uh, listens to the show. Uh, we were tweeting with him during the game about Gonsolin's splits. And the first time he faces a batter, you know, the first time through the order in a start, uh, opposing hitters have a 457 OPS. He, it's awesome. Like that is uh, 40 uh, TOPS plus of 41, meaning that uh, oh no, a SOPS plus. That's the one we care about of 27. So that means that he is 73 percent better than league average the first time through the order. Second time through, his SOPS plus is 115 because opposing hitters have an 802 o- OPS. So it's like. Uh, first time through, hitters are a little bit better than Austin Barnes this year, um, but a lot worse than, you know, think of a bad hitter. That's about what hitters hit off Gonson on the first time through the order. And then the second time through, it's roughly, you know, Will Smith-ish, uh, maybe not quite that good, but pretty darn good. Uh, that's the difference the second time through, which so everything about that is screaming relief pitcher, you know? two or three innings tops, uh, basically don't let guns face more than nine hitters in a game. Don't let anybody see him twice in one game. Uh, and you know, when we talk talked about Ryan Yarbrough being available now for the rotation, uh, you mentioned Pepio, uh, obviously is ready to come back whenever, uh, he's, he's off the IL now. He's just in the minors, I think, um, and, you know, they just sent Emmett Sheehan back to the minors, which they could call him back up if Gonsolin did go on the injured list. Um, but with Kershaw coming back this week, which we're going to talk about more in the next segment, it does, uh, you know, Gonsolin's spot. I feel like he, today, you know, whatever day we are, Monday was his chance to say, hey, I still deserve a spot in this rotation. And instead, he gave up six runs in six innings. It was awesome that he was able to throw three more innings after the implosion. Uh, But it doesn't change the fact that there was the implosion and uh, that most of this season he's been bad. And even if it is a physical issue, great. Maybe we're not worried about him long-term. Maybe we expect him to be just fine next season. But this year, like it it seems pretty clear that the Dodgers can't really afford to have Gonsolin in the rotation anymore. Uh, Give Yarbrough that spot. Let Yarbrough try a couple starts and see what he can do knowing that you do have Pepe or Sheehan or, uh, who's the other one that, Oh, Gavin Stone, Gavin Stone had a great start in the minors recently. You know, you have those three guys available. Michael Grove, if he comes off the IL, you know, we don't know how serious his injury is. You know, there's other options, but it seems to me like Gonsolin has probably made his last start of the season for the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, and if not his last start, at least his last start that's expected to be a full start, like a normal start, there's a possibility that they could use him in an opener-type setting. Although, uh, with the guys they have in the rotation, like like I said last night, I, I would like to see Yarbrough just get a, a normal couple times through the rotation without an opener, unless it's like a... You know, the Padres do have a lot of righties to start the lineup. Maybe in that type of situation, if it's a team that just has stacked righties, maybe. But if not, I'd rather just see him get normal time in the rotation and see what he can do um, and work his way through that. But, yeah, for Gonsolin, I mean, it it was an implosion of different sorts for him. Usually he gets himself in trouble. And from what we've known the last couple of years is he dances his way out of trouble, getting a lucky double play or, you know, a pop-up, whatever the case was. This time he did issue one walk. Uh, to start the inning and then it was home run single single double a lot of hard hits that inning so a little bit different but yeah I mean I think if Roberts has been saying this for a couple almost a couple months now that you know Gonson's not all right but he's there because we need him well now's the time where you don't necessarily need him right now and if he does need to take a break to get right then take that break to get right because Kershaw's coming back. The rotation will be full if they just throw Yarborough in there. And then, like you mentioned, Pepio, Stone, Emmett Sheehan are all there and available. And, you know, at least Sheehan, maybe not right off the bat just because they did want to kind of limit his innings. But again, it would be in a potential bullpen role, which Dave Roberts said they would look at a guy like Sheehan and a guy like Grove and well, Grove when he's back and then possibly Pepio in a relief type situation. So. Honestly, I think Gonzalez might go on the IL tomorrow and they call up a reliever or some or, or you know somebody else to stay a couple of days and then whoever comes up, him and Hudson, uh will we'll wait till Kershaw comes back. I know, although I don't they don't have much down there, so it would have to be like Sheehan or Pepio or Stone, which I don't know if that's what they want to do right now. So maybe he just stick around for a couple of days. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the only 40-man roster reliever currently in the minor leagues is Victor Gonzalez. Uh Everybody else, you know, the, the, the only other, they only have four pitchers on the 40-man roster currently in the minors. And it's Gonzalez and then those three starters we mentioned, Pepio, Grove, and, uh, not Pepio, Stone, and uh, Sheehan. And so that that's why I have a hard time seeing unless uh, unless Gonsolin's really hurt uh, I don't think I think it's just shuttle him to the bullpen, you know, doing piggyback starts maybe. And like you said, maybe some of those piggyback starts he is the opener, you know, you know whether he's the big spoon or the little spoon in that situation, it uh, doesn't really matter. One other thought I had, Vince, I don't know if you remember this last year, uh, actually our episode on Halloween last year, uh, we talked about how the banning of the shift would affect different pitchers, and I mentioned it. I had talked to my buddy Mark Simon over at Sports Info Solutions, And he told me that Tony Gonsolin was actually the pitcher who had one of the pitchers who had benefited the most in baseball from the shift uh, last year. And when we see the Dodgers last year, they were top one or two in baseball in defensive run saved this year. They're like 18th um, because a lot of their value came from, they were really, really good at shifting. And so uh, I wonder, and I reached out to Mark. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I wonder how much of Gonsolin's struggles this year have to do with the shift being gone, and you know all the all the things that we talked about last Halloween, worried that it might affect Gonsolin. The shift being gone, maybe that's what we're seeing here.
0: It's possible. I don't remember any times off the top of my head where I'm like, "Oh man, the shift beat him." But again.
1: I don't remember it was remember a, it was a surprise ball. to us when we realized when we found out that he had been the one who benefited the most because it didn't jump out at you. Oh yeah, he's getting lucky, he's getting all these but things. it made
0: sense because he always had runners on and they didn't score a lot of the time. So yeah. you might think like, oh that's that correlated at least. But again, I don't you know it it definitely didn't hurt him yesterday, but it might have hurt him in the past.
1: Yeah, 7.3 strikeouts per nine, lowest strikeout rate of his career this year, only 19.4 percent. Uh, yeah, he he needs to get more strikeouts if, if he's not getting them to hit the ball right at people.
0: Yeah, so Clayton Kershaw will be back more than likely Thursday back at home on Dodgers Stadium. That's what's coming up, so uh, make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to a vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply. Remember if you want to listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game, you can do so at Sirius XM or the XXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. You can also find locked on Dodgers on there. If you search locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff King Kershaw day Roberts essentially said he's going to be back and it's looking like Thursday First game back home at Dodger Stadium against the Rockies. A welcome addition to the rotation for sure, but again, with you know a little bit of cautious mind of what exactly we're looking for out of Kershaw. I did not go on a rehab assignment, and are we concerned at all? You know that there's still two months to before we get to the time where they really need Kershaw.
1: You know, I, I assume because if you talk to Kershaw he's been fine. He's felt fine. You know, he even said if it wasn't for the MRI, he wouldn't, he would have been back a month and a half ago, right after the all-star break. Um, I guess it wasn't a month and a half ago, uh, but a month ago, you know, basically as soon as he was eligible to come off the IL, he would have been back uh, if not for the MRI saying that he needed to rest. And so I do think some of this is them trying to moderate his usage, knowing that they need him for October, and I think this timing is, you know, we've got what do we have? Probably uh, fifty-two games left, something like that. Uh, and so, you know, you figure Kershaw will get ten more starts in the regular season, ten uh, ish, and and then head on into the postseason, hopefully fresh. I think their goal with this timing is to have him be totally built up and and feeling good. For October, but not yet, you know, ready for that second break of the season. Uh, and and it's hard to find that balance. But uh, you know, I, I I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that that you know, I don't think Kershaw's shoulder is ever going to be great again, uh, and that's okay. Uh, he I don't think it was great the first part of this season, and he was very very effective. And so if he could be effective for the next uh, two and a half months. Uh, two and a half to three months uh, i'll take that
0: yeah it, it's you know <laughs> the whole injuries and everything situation is just always weird especially when kershaw's reporting no pain but they had to shut him down because you know what the mri showed and then dave roberts you know kind of said his shoulder is not perfect but it's good enough and you know it leaves you worrying but if they're not worried about putting them out there then uh you know i'm gonna Take that heed with it and uh, not be concerned that he's out there and be glad that he's back. I am glad that they decided to wait till Thursday till they're back at Dodger Stadium. There's just no reason to subject them to Arizona if they don't need to. Um, even, I know, mean, I was going to say that heat, but in the stadium, it doesn't feel as hot as outside. But either way, uh, yeah, glad Kershaw's coming back. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a fun weekend at Dodger Stadium. Kershaw on Thursday. And then all weekend, they'll be celebrating Fernando and the retiring of number 34. So it's a good weekend at our stadium. Some other updates we got about players that are maybe coming back. Walker Bueller through the bullpen on Friday uh, with assistant pitching coach Connor McGinnis watching. The next step for him, he's expected to face hitters this week in Arizona. Uh, Walker Bueller saw September 1 on his target. It doesn't seem like that uh, gels with how he's trending. And everyone else is, but if Walker Bueller is pushing for September 1st, that means he shows up a week or week and a half later. If he everything goes right, uh, that's not bad. You know, gives the Dodgers some time to kind of figure out what they want to do with him and if he's able to, you know, live up to the task of helping the Dodgers. And then we haven't heard in a while Blake Trinan. He's a little bit behind Bueller. Uh, he's been throwing bullpen sessions, he's close to facing hitters in some live BP. Uh, obviously, after live BP, it'll probably be rehab assignment and then uh, maybe joining the Dodgers. So if Bueller's about three weeks to four weeks away, you know, trying to maybe four to five weeks away, that'd be obviously a big boost if he's able to throw like the guy that's been throwing in the past. And then the other one, JP Fireisen, who we haven't heard about in a while either. He had major shoulder surgery last year. Um, so he's been going through that throwing program. He had a setback recently. Um they don't know if he's going to be able to pitch this year, and it's one of those where they're taking – the they still have him for next year, so they're taking the long route. If he's not 100%, they're not going to push him to go this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's positive news on the first two that the Dodgers could get arms like Walker Buehler and Blake Trinan, at least the possibility of them helping out this season.
1: Yeah, I get the impression, reading between the lines, that Fireisen and Trinan are kind of in the same – Place, you know, they had similar shoulder surgeries at a similar time. I suspect the difference is Trinan is 35 and only under contract for this year, and Fire Eisen is 30 and under contract for three more years after this year. And so it's like, well, you know, because Brandon Gomes about Fire Eisen said he's still in a good place long term. We're just not going to ramp him up if he's f- just feeling so so. And uh I, I think, you know, the, the unspoken part, and I'm putting words into Brandon Gomes' mouth here, is but we'll take a so-so Blake Trinan because we don't care as much about the future for Blake Trinan as we do for Fire Eisen. Uh and not in a bad way, not, you know, it, it, I think Trinan would feel the same way. He's 35. And, you know, if he has one last chance to come and contribute to a world series winning team, he's going to want to do it. Uh, And, you know, FireEisen, and, and even though 30 isn't super young, I mean, he's only thrown counting the minor leagues. He's only thrown 448 career innings. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, there's not much mileage on his arm. And so he could be, he's been very, very good at times, you know, most of the time that he's been in the big leagues. And uh, it's just a matter of getting him healthy. So I think it's more of a priority for the Dodgers, his long-term health uh, than than Trinan's. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Um, last quick note, the Dodgers, there's been a couple of reports that have said that the Dodgers are f- Daniel Kim reported that the Dodgers are on the verge of signing highly tied pitching prospect. Now, I'm not, I haven't heard his name pronounced, but Yun Suk Jang. Um, he's a 19-year-old that is going to skip the Korean baseball draft and intends to sign with the major league organization. There's been a, another report from one of the other uh, Korean reporters that said he's not on the verge, but the Dodgers are one of the teams that are, you know, kind of in the front for him. I believe the guys touched 99 before he has a bunch of off-speed pitches. Um, They did trade for some international bonus money the other day, which a bunch of people were saying that maybe, you know, this is the reason for that. So all in all, if that's somebody the Dodgers are looking after, that's a little bit exciting. They haven't had a a big – they haven't had like an international prospect in a while uh, since like Maeda and Ryu and all those guys.
1: Yeah and and especially one who I mean, if he came over he would go to the minor leagues you know he's coming out of high school and so when they signed Maeda and Ryu they both came straight to the big leagues because they had pitched internationally this would be like a regular guy drafted out of high school you know going through that you know probably a couple of years before he's ready for the big leagues but potentially I mean so it's basically like a first round draft pick uh, you know a top 10 pick probably talent wise uh that they could be signing off the international market that would be pretty cool
0: yeah, so we'll we'll uh, keep tabs on that and see if there's any other movement. I don't know if there's a deadline or anything for that, but uh, we'll see what happens. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to listen every day and become an everydayer. That exclusive club of our listeners that listen every single day. You can be part of that. Remember – the home broadcast for every Dodger game is available on SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. And you can find us on social media Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. By the way, Twitter is staying Twitter until uh, until Elon starts paying us. Twitter's going to stay Twitter. I'm not going to call it uh, X. So uh, you can find us on there. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent91. The DMs are open on those counts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, locked at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323 863 LOCK. We're every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. Or if you're at home, text my device by podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one.
1: We'll talk to you tomorrow.